Welcome to Here's to Your Health with Joshua Lane. Here's to Your Health discusses the current thinking and wellness, bringing you the most influential thinkers in beauty, fitness, and longevity. Your host, Joshua Lane, was part of the Dr. Ann Wigmore team that helped bring wheatgrass, sprouts, and raw foods to a worldwide audience. And now the host of Here's to Your Health, Joshua Lane. Welcome to this edition of Here's to Your Health. I'm your host, Josh Lane. The discussion of uh, cannabis for our good health and for our enjoyment is uh, becoming really quite a topic of conversation, and cannabis is legal now in many states, and people use it for recreational purposes, and they also use it uh, for uh, wellness purposes, and it seems to be accepted for wellness purposes, and certainly it's used for uh, recreational purposes or fun purposes, whatever. And uh, my guest is Mark Matthew Bronstein. Mark is a return uh, visitor to the show, and Mark uh, has a number of important books out and is an important and was an important uh, vegetarian activist, vegan activist, and his important book came out in 81, Radical Vegetarianism, uh, was actually influential, very influential at a time when that subject was, you know, uh, there was not a lot of people paying much attention. And now the subject has become, uh, you know, being vegan, being vegetarian, has really uh, entered the mainstream, which I think is a good thing. And Mark's topic today is uh, health tips for cannabis smokers from his new book, Mindful Marijuana Smoking. Mark, welcome to Here's to Your Health. Thank you, Josh. I'm glad to be here again. Yeah, happy to have you on. Uh, you were on just a, a short time ago uh, talking about information from your new book, Mindful Marijuana Smoking, Health Tips for Cannabis Smokers. And the, the ideas you offered because I thought I kind of knew the subject a little bit. Uh, but really, I see that uh, I didn't. I did not know the subject at all. And uh, the ideas you mentioned about uh, problems with butane lighters and and uh, w- pipe lengths and, uh, you know, water-cooled uh, pipes, uh, I mean, that, that was interesting. And also, besides being interesting, it's important for our health. And you are someone who addresses using cannabis – you're interested in wellness, which I really like that foundation. So what is some of the thinking you have about the best way for us to use cannabis? Well, um, the last time what I did was very briefly, but also superficially, talk about the many different points. And so this time, I'd like to concentrate on just maybe two of them. Okay. So we can go more in depth. All right. Okay. Um, the, the one thing that I actually most superficially and most briefly last time was on the subject of purity, the purity of the herb itself. Mm-hmm. Now, we've known scientifically for a long time that any of the adulterants, contaminants in tobacco are in turn transmitted in the smoke. That's something you would think would be not quite possible. You'd think that the high heat of combustion would destroy contaminants, or at least neutralize them. But quite the contrary, as we found with both cannabis as well, and recently under the same uh, lens of research, is that certain of the contaminants that are in the leaf form are not only transmitted in the smoke, even though smoke is light light and airy, still you can even get heavy metals transmitted in it. And even worse, some of the contaminants can be transformed into a into a substance that's even more harmful than not combusted. And I'm going to mention the one most specific one is 
mycobutanol. That is a fungicide commonly used in cannabis that's grown indoors in greenhouses because indoors there's not the same ventilation and circulation as with the wind blowing. There isn't the same sterilization as occurs from the UV rays of the sun. So you have a lot, a very high rate of mold and mildew. In order to combat the high rate of mold, fungicides are used. And the most common one, indoor cannabis, and this is true, unfortunately, for many corporate cannabis indoor labs, not just the underground, the black market ones, is that mycobutanol is used. And mycobutanol, when it's combusted, transformed into hydrogen cyanide, Mm. which is actually as bad as it sounds because hydrogen cyanide is one of the substances used to execute death row inmates. I see. That's not good. (laughs) Not good at all. So, of course, the, the quantities are quite minute. And the quantity of cannabis that you smoke is quite minute, especially compared to tobacco, the way most tobacco smokers, you know, it might be one pack a day. In my case, cannabis is one joint or one, one or two bowlfuls once every two days. So if I were to be, in my case, smoking cannabis tainted by mycobutanol, I'm going to be much less affected quantity wise. But of course, the best thing of all, is to not have it on the cannabis to begin with. So anyway, that was just the one, I guess, most extreme example. But there's many other impurities that can be found on cannabis, even when it's grown under um, medical marijuana or species and, and sold under the um, the supervision of the state. Then the long list of contaminants that occurs to food plants is applied the same to cannabis. It includes herbicides, pesticides, which, of course, we're talking about actually specifically insecticides. Pesticides is a general term for all of these things. Fungicides, heavy metals, PGRs, short for plant growth regulators, PAH, short for polycyclic or aromatic hydrocarbons, okay? All of these things can be found in cannabis. If you think back, uh, you and I are both the same age, the same generation, back from the Woodstock generation, let's say. And I remember very, very vividly, the late 1970s, there was the Paraquat scare. Mm -hmm. All right. Paraquat might ring a bell, even though you're not yourself a cannabis user. Okay. Paraquat was um, actually sponsored, the spraying of Paraquat, on cannabis in Mexico was sponsored by the U.S. government. They get, they provided the insectus, the herbicide, paraquat. They provided the helicopters to spray the fields of cannabis in Mexico. What the Mexican farmers very quickly learned was that if you harvested the cannabis immediately after it was sprayed, it wouldn't immediately, it wouldn't wither and discolor because that withering and discolorment gave that away that it was paraquat poisoned. So they'd go into the field, harvest it immediately, and then put it into the into the um, the black market um, cycle. And at that time, most cannabis that was being 
smuggled into the West Coast was coming from Mexico. Most that was being smuggled into the East Coast was coming from Colombia. So the East Coast was basically safe from the Paraquat scare. However, many, many people were being sickened by Paraquat on the West Coast, obviously, specifically California. That's the first time we ever came to grips with the fact that cannabis can be tainted, that there's something on it that we don't want on it, okay? And, of course, that was only the first, and that has continued even to this day. Even in states where recreational cannabis is legal and where it can be even monitored by the state, you know, with certain stringent um, controls, there's still a very large black market because black market is not taxed. And so, therefore, it's appreciably cheaper just right there. But also, black market goes through all kinds of shortcuts that the the legal market cannot do. So it's even cheaper because of that. So because black market cannabis is cheaper, it's it's still readily um, it's still readily consumed. So things to watch out for are insecticides. That's you know, very well known. Is insecticides on food is one reason why many people will seek organically grown food. Okay. Um, just as an instance, when cannabis is grown indoors, there's a very, very high rate of infestation by spider mites. Mm. Okay. Uh, because of the same thing for the fungus, fungus is that there's very little air circulation. Even when there's fans, it doesn't replicate that of true wind. Okay. And, there aren't any natural predators in the form of birds and other larger insects preying on the small insects such as spider mites. So it's a very, very common infestation. And usually insecticides in the form of you know, aerial bombs, just air, um, you can buy them in the grocery store even for use in your home, or you can bomb a whole room with this gaseous spray to kill every insect in, in you know, usually cockroaches, what people would use it for. Let's well, just as well used on cannabis in the illegal market. Pesticides are prevalent throughout our environment in just about anything we eat, even when we seek organically grown. The field next door, which the field may be organic, but the next door one isn't, and there's always wind contamination. Okay. Um, so insecticides is, is one obvious thing we want to avoid. Fungicides, as I mentioned, mycobutanol is the prime example. Um, fungus itself, when fungicides are not used, fungus itself can have a very detrimental effect on one's health when it's ingested through the lungs. Right. Just as an instance, um, in the state of Connecticut, where I reside, the medical marijuana program initially had a limit. They went inspect it and they had a limit of 1,000 units per gram would be allowable of fungus. This My state next door to me, to mine, Massachusetts, had a limit of 10,000 units. Hmm. The four growers in the state of Connecticut who were sanctioned by the state um, were complaining that a lot of their batches were failing inspection. They weren't meeting the, min- the, the maximum 1,000 unit contamination rate. Of course, you know, fungus is everywhere. 
That's why there is a certain limit. So 1,000 was what was set. So the state of Connecticut, the program that oversees the medical marijuana program, the DCP, Department of Consumer Protection, they raised the limit not to 10,000 like in Massachusetts, but to 100,000. Of course, many patients who are very sensitive to certain issues, which is why they're patient for medical marijuana, felt betrayed by that. And that's just common throughout the country in terms of fungus itself. Heavy metals, you'd think heavy metals would not be transmitted in light and airy smoke. But actually, um, in the first study of its kind, in 2013 on cannabis, you have to remember, studies about combustion of tobacco have been ongoing for many years already, many decades now. But in 2013 was the first one on cannabis. And they found, they tested for three pesticides, one PGR, plant growth regulator, I'll discuss that later, and also for heavy metals. And they found all five Three pesticides, one PGR, and one heavy metal, and all of their samples that they tested. That was quite a shock. And that's only the first of, of only a few studies, okay? So, heavy metals, usually in the form of cadmium, arsenic, lead, and mercury, and easy for me to remember. I remember them by the three initials of the first letter of each word. Cadmium, C, arsenic, A, Lead L and mercury calm C A L L. Hmm. Okay, of course, you if you realize that those are the four most common heavy metals found in cannabis, it's not anything to be calm about. Cannabis is a plant among many other plants that is called a hyperaccumulator. In other words, it bioaccumulates whatever contaminants are in the soil. It concentrates it in its own, in its own plant form. We do it ourselves in our own bodies and bioaccumulate pesticides too in the same way. Cannabis is a bioaccumulator. One of the worst heavy metals found in it, transmitted in smoke, is lead. Probably the heaviest, perhaps, of all the heavy metals. There was a scare in, um, in Europe actually about 10 years ago, I think it was Leipzig in Germany. It was in Germany for sure. I'm pretty sure it was Leipzig where a black market importer was intentionally tainting the cannabis with lead in order to increase the weight. This is after it's been harvested. It was in the hands of the importers in Germany and they sprayed it with some sort of a lead to increase the weight and people were sickened, obviously, by it, okay? By smoking this lead, intentionally lead-contaminated cannabis, all right? So, once again, that's another thing we want to avoid, even though we think that it would not be susceptible to, to combustion. Um, plant growth regulators, PGR for short. Plant growth regulators are hormones for plants the way steroids are for animals, they can increase growth in certain parts of your body or decrease growth in others. In the case of plants, PGRs are used to increase the growth of the flower. 
but also other PGRs are used to decrease the growth of the, the stems or the leaves or the roots, all for the sake of increasing the flower size and content. The problem with PGRs is, once again, it's transmitted in the smoke. And all of these things, if I were to eat a plant with PGR, it might not be so bad because my my stomach is a lot more of a resilient organ than the very delicate linings of the lungs are. So um, something grown not organically, I eat that. I'm not necessarily going to be sickened by it, not even after many years of it. But PGRs indeed are known to sicken people. And, and worst of all, it's basically found in all hydroponic formulas and most, not all cannabis grown indoors is grown hydroponically. For instance, um, as I know, specifically in the state of Connecticut, the four growers, all four grow hydroponically. One grows hydroponically in soil. The other four, the other three grow hydroponically in other medium other than soil. But it's all hydro. That's the nickname short for it. You go into a, a pot shop that um, specializes in growing in selling you soils and other things, lighting and so forth for uh, cannabis. And you go to the jugs, the bottles of PGRs for hydroponic growth. They don't call it PGR. They just call it hydroformulas. But if you read the ingredients, you see that just about every hydroponic formula that's not claiming to be organic, and most are not organic, is filled with PGR, okay? So that, too, is something we want to avoid. PAH, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, that's found on anything that has smoke added to it in the form of, for instance, um, a propane heaters, a very quick way of drying cannabis, illicitly, you know, in the legal market, is to put it into a small room with propane heaters. The propane heaters cast the PAHs on everything in the room, including, obviously, the drying cannabis. I've never witnessed it firsthand, but I have visited a microgreen farmer not necessarily ordained um, organic, but, you know, a very conscientious microgreen farmer, as I found him to be. And um, it happened to be in the, quote, the dead of winter in uh, Long Island, New York State. And it was a very, very frigid January day. And in order to have his year-round crops, he does have propane heaters in several of his grow tunnels, okay? And I witnessed firsthand the propane heaters in the same room with these delicate little microgreens growing. Imagine the PGRs on the microgreens there. It's the same thing on the cannabis. So, okay, so very briefly outlined all of this. What can we do? These are the problems. Well, the solution, the state of California has found one solution. The state of California is the first state that, Statewide, it has instituted an organic certification program, just like for organically grown food. 
There are certain other, many other third-party certifiers in other states, primarily the northwestern states, Oregon, Washington, California. But for the first time in 2009, in, uh, in 2021, it launched the OCAL program. So in California, you can seek OCAL, which means comparable to organic, you can seek OCAL certified cannabis. Another solution, which is the one that I have chosen, is to grow your own. Short of knowing your grower, someone you can trust, which I have been very fortunate all along since 1987, no, 85, I knew an organic farmer in Rhode Island who was also on the side because many small family organic farmers then before you were able to farm year round, the use of high tunnels, um, they would have to supplement with their um, illicit crops of cannabis. And I happen to know someone who was my major provider of cannabis. So I knew my grower. I knew he was growing organically. Now, in the state of Connecticut, for two years now, um, medical marijuana patients, and another half a year, all the other uh, users, as is true with many of the other states, are now able to grow their own. So I grew my own indoors actually since two summers ago. And I'm very proud to say I had two very successful crops only in the summer, just two pairs. I did autoflowers. If you're going to be a first time grower, you want to do autoflowers rather than the quote photo period, because then you can ignore the length of the days, which is, and also because they're smaller. So um, I'm proud to say that I had two very successful harvests. Wow. Uh, great interview. Our guest uh, is uh, Mark Matthew Braunstein, author of Mindful Marijuana Smoking, Health Tips for Cannabis Smokers. And as you can uh, hear by the interview, there's a lot that can go wrong when you buy cannabis. So it's not just a lark. You need to pay attention. And Mark, you mentioned that some uh, you know criminal in uh, Germany uh, spraying lead uh, solvent of some type on yeah. cannabis, making it nice and sick. So I think when people, if they're going to use cannabis, they need to be aware of uh, these potential problems because you could get nice and sick. So it's not that cannabis shouldn't be legal. I think it should be legal. But really, I guess we have maybe another decade before we get all these important ideas worked out so people can buy safe cannabis, because I think it can be a good thing, but really some of the things you've told us, Mark, are pretty chilling. Yes, and now California is leading the way as it already has with other things cannabis-wise and other um, social movements. It's leading the way with organically certified cannabis. That sounds great. Uh, Mark Matthew Bronstein, author of Mindful Marijuana Smoking, Cannabis Tips, how, excuse me, health tips for cannabis smokers. Mark, how can listeners of Here's to Your Health uh, buy your important book? It's available from all online booksellers in three forms. I'll be printed as a Kindle on um, on Amazon, ebooks, other uh, venues, and also as an audiobook on Amazon. Sounds real good. It's been my pleasure. Our guest has been uh, Mark Matthew Bronstein, author of Mindful Marijuana Smoking. Health tips for cannabis smokers. This is Josh Lane. You're listening to Here's to Your Health. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after these important messages.
Aloe Life for beautiful skin. Locks in the moisture, plus contains a natural growth factor. Aloe Life is America's premium aloe vera brand, richest in the active ingredients you need to get the full benefit of aloe vera for healthier looking skin. More beautiful skin from Aloe Life. Naturally clear skin. Look for Aloe Life. Aloe Life Juice Concentrate and Skin Gel work together. Sold nationally at your favorite natural food store and pharmacy. And note, there's a big difference in aloe products. Friends, people ask me, why does Aloe Life Concentrate or tablets support body wellness? And I tell them what Aloe Life products do for my family. Everything from digestion to skin support and healthier energy too. Aloe Life for body wellness support. Go to AlloLife.com or call 1-800-414-ALLOE. Aloe Life, call 800-414-2563. Naturally clear skin, number one in aloe, Aloe Life. Medical scientists worldwide are encouraging people to eat more fish. Most American diets are low in cold water fish that are abundant in important omega-3 oils. DHA and EPA are the vital components of fish oil that provide healthy benefits. Not only are they crucial for brain and vision development, they're very important for cardiovascular health. Carlson, America's leading Norwegian fish oil brand, specializes in both great-tasting soft gels that are easy to swallow and fish oil liquids that don't taste fishy. That's right, Carlson provides the most extensive line of fish oils to meet all your needs. You can take Carlson fish oils with confidence. For Carlson fish oils are tested for purity, potency, and freshness. Ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. That's right, ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. The latest from the greatest, the best in new music by classic rockers, with your host, the insane Daryl Wayne. This is Alice Cooper, and if Daryl Wayne is insane, what does that make me? criminally insane. Stick around to find out. Many of the artist interviews for the latest from the greatest have been captured on audiobook. There is a volume one and volume two. Great information and conversations with people in the industry and people surrounded by the industry and of course the rock stars themselves. I'm the Reverend Al Green and you're listening to the insane Daryl Wayne and I said Wayne Insane. You can find it on Amazon or Blackstone Audio. Search for the latest from the greatest from Daryl Wayne, D-A-R-R-E-L-L-W-A-Y-N-E. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the insane Daryl Wayne, aren't you? (laughs) Welcome to this edition of Here's to Your Health. I'm your host, Josh Lane. The question is, are you your dog's best friend? Or are you your dog's prison guard? And the reason why I ask is because uh, what dogs really need is uh, long walks, play, listening. They need toys, good toys, stimulating toys, and a safe home, never a crate. And uh, these are the five keys to a happy, healthy dog. And my guest is Rachel Bellis. Rachel is a return guest to the show. Rachel Bellis is the associate director of Local Affairs for People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, the organization also known as PETA, which I'm very proud to say is a regular contributor to the show. Rachel Bellis, welcome to Here's to Your Health. Thank you so much, Josh. It's a pleasure to be here again. 
Yeah, thank you. No, I enjoy it when you're on the show, and I enjoy having the Peter uh, spokespeople on the show because, in my opinion, it seems to me that Peter has been the organization more than any other organization, although there are many good animal rights organizations now around, but PETA, I believe, established in 1980, has been most influential in changing our perception of how we see our companion animals. I agree. (laughs) Um, And that's one of the things that that we wanted to talk about today, right? Our companion animals and making sure that they're happy and healthy. (laughs) Right. So specifically, I guess today you'd really like to discuss uh, dogs and the idea of uh, putting your dogs in a cage uh, when you are on uh, going out to work or going, you know, uh, not going to be around that indeed you feel that based on the studies available, that that's just really a terrible idea. Right. Well, imagine being locked in a closet for hours on end or overnight. Um, you don't know why you were put in there. You don't know what you did, but you would probably feel scared, sad, lonely. And these are feelings that dogs have when they are locked inside of a crate, which is really nothing more than a convenience for humans. And so it's, it's important that we talk about this and that we give people alternatives so that they can allow their dog the freedom that they deserve in the house and make sure that the home is safe for them and that they have interactive toys and things to keep them occupied while we are at work. Right, right. No, that that certainly makes uh, perfectly good sense. And so you're saying, based on the studies that you have conducted at PETA, that when people put animals in a crate, that it really it really uh, damages them, so that they really don't behave very well in the home. Is that? I mean, it's really a really a terribly bad idea. Yeah. Well, it's not just studies; it's cases that have uh, come up and that are in the news about dogs attacking their guardians when they've been let out of the crate. And these are dogs who have been probably continuously crated dogs who show signs of separation, anxiety, depression, hyperactivity. There are trainers who um, promote positive behavioral training and they are seeing the negative effects of dogs who are continuously uh, crated and These are dogs who are insecure. Like I said, I mean, worst case scenario is aggression, but dogs who are hyper, they're insecure, they have separation anxiety. These are not good behaviors for dogs. And it's just a miserable existence when you think about it, being locked inside of a cage. I mean, it's punishment. It's, um, It's solitary confinement. And this is what people are doing to their dogs eight to 10 hours a day or more while they're at work or overnight if they put their dog in a crate and, um, you know, they're pack animals. They want to be with us. They want to please us. So there are plenty of alternatives to making sure your home is safe for them and that you feel comfortable leaving them alone. And we've got some tips for people so that they don't have to crate their dogs. Our guest is Rachel Bellis. Rachel Bellis is the Associate Director of Local Affairs for People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, the organization known as PETA. So, Rachel, uh, I think that 
you know, one of the things I like about PETA is uh, how much they've added to the understanding that we Americans now have about pet care and the kind of things that we kind of take for granted now. If we were to discuss them, say, in 1975, people might have thought, oh, that's just absurd. But now we recognize that dogs, let's talk about dogs today, that they are really uh, alert and they understand what's going on. And so things that we may have done to dogs in the past or things that we saw and we thought, well, that's not great, but I won't say anything. Now we won't do that any longer. Now we recognize that these dogs are indeed social animals. They are alert and they uh, need to be uh, taken care of in what we now feel in uh, 2023 is a more appropriate way to really physically and emotionally uh, work with them. That's right. Dogs are pack animals. They're social animals. They want to be part of the family. And so when you put a dog in a cage, basically, for hours on end, you are depriving them of everything that is natural, and you're putting them in solitary confinement. They're not having any fun. So, you know, if you are working all day, if you can have a friend or a trusted a family member or a trusted friend, come and walk your dog. There are dog walkers. There are also doggy daycares where dogs can interact with each other and they're not going to be put in a cage. They're going to play all day. These are some options that you have. And then when you leave them alone, just make sure that your home is dog proof, which means that they can't get to plants that would be toxic to them, that your cleaning supplies are safely put away that your garbage can has a lid on it, you're not leaving remote controls or shoes around the house that your dogs can get to, anything that you don't want them to get to or anything that could be harmful to them. We need to dog-proof our homes even before we bring a dog into our family. And, you know, you can also use baby gates if you want to restrict where they go in the house when you're not there, put up a baby gate. You can keep them in the dining room, in the family room, and that way they'll have, they'll be able to play, they'll be able to move around and feel like they're in their home, but that they're not locked in a crate being punished, which is basic, which is how they feel. Right, right. Yes, I completely agree. Our guest is uh, Rachel Bellis. Rachel is, I'm happy to say, return guest to the show. Rachel is the uh, associate director of Local Affairs for People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, PETA. Rachel, let me ask this question uh, about dogs and exercise. I think I once saw a documentary on PBS that claimed that uh, dogs in Alaska, I forget which type of dog, but they can literally run 60 miles a day. Is that accurate? Um, well, that was probably the Huskies if it was in Alaska. Yes, um, I don't. I don't know that exact stat, but I know that dogs need a lot of exercise. I don't know that our typical uh, companion dog could run that that amount of, of miles, but I know that they do need a lot of exercise. They need plenty of walks, stimulation, fun, play. These are all things that we should be giving our, our companion canine 
Um, and if you take them for long walks in the morning before you go to work, they're going to be tired. They're going to be more calm in your home, um, less likely to chew on things that you don't want them to or to feel anxious. So lots of exercise is really important. And consistency, especially if you have a puppy at home and you're trying to house train them, don't put them in a crate because puppies can't even hold their bladders until they're approximately six months of age. So even if you put a puppy in a crate, they're still going to go to the bathroom. And why would you do that? So there are, there are lots of alternatives, always positive training, always ending things on a positive note so that they feel confident, they feel comfortable and they feel loved. And, you know, they're, they're so deserving of that. Dogs are amazing. Right. All animals are amazing today. We're talking about dogs, but they really are. And they, they deserve our um, our energy and our respect, and and so if you you know if you're thinking about bringing a dog into your home into your family, it's important to think about whether you know if you have the time and the energy and also you know the financial aspect to take care of this animal, the dedication for 12, 13, 14, 15 plus years possibly. Um, because they, they do require, it's a commitment. They require a lot of energy and devotion. Yes, yes, they do. And it is a commitment. And I guess people really, uh, I've been reading that people uh, during the pandemic uh, adopted uh, dogs and uh, I guess other pets, but they adopted dogs. And uh, I guess some of them felt that after a year or so, they just couldn't have that dog any longer for whatever reason or reasons. And they uh, have been abandoning these dogs. And that seems to be really a real problem. And I'm guessing that since we now understand that dogs have personalities that are pretty nicely developed, that when they are suddenly had an owner and then they, they don't any longer, that it can really make them uh, difficult, you know, that make them really uh, or agitated or difficult or depressed. Or I'm not exactly sure what the term would be for dogs, but it's a problem. Right. And we did see that. We saw a lot of adoption skyrocketed during the pandemic, but people didn't really think about what they were going to do after when they started going back to work. So we saw a lot of animals being returned to the shelter. And obviously, we don't want to see somebody keep an animal that they can't dedicate time to, that they don't have the energy for. Um, but people need to think about it because it is, it's a big responsibility. It's a big commitment. And we owe it to those animals to make sure that if we are going to bring them into our home, that we are committed to them for their lifetime. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you, you know, a lot of people say, I don't, I can't have an, a companion animal because I don't have the time I'm traveling for work. I'm in the office all day. And that's totally fine. That's a, a good thing to admit because, you know, if you leave your animal home alone all day and, you know, especially if you're crating them, they're just, they're not getting any socialization. You're not interacting with them. And, you know, I've named a few negative effects, but aggression, separation, anxiety, hyperactivity, these are all real things. And these are all real consequences of dogs who are continuously crated. Right. Right, I agree. Our guest is Rachel Bellis. Rachel is the Associate Director of Local Affairs for People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, PETA. Uh, Rachel, if I can tell you a personal story. Uh, when I was living in New York City, I had a lot of acquaintances 
uh, who had dogs. They insisted upon having dogs in New York City, and uh, which I never thought was a great idea, but they really were attached to the dogs. But they'd go off to work or school during the day, and when they came home, their dogs, various breeds, would just chew up the place. They would just chew on everything. And I never said anything because I thought, well, no, my friends, uh, they don't really want to hear this. But I knew you just can't leave a dog alone, unexercised in a tiny New York City apartment. And the dogs behaved uh, badly because uh, they were isolated and and unexercised. And one thing I know about dogs is they need to be outside and they need to run. Yes, they do. And I'm sure those dogs that you're talking about, they were frustrated and bored. You know, we in our local work here in in Virginia, North Carolina, we see a lot of dogs who are chained outside 24-7, 365 Mm -hmm. days a year. And I I might have talked to you already about this, but they chew on everything. They chew on their dog houses. They chew on their chains on anything because they're just bored. And it's, you know, obviously a dog living inside is is better than being outside on a chain. But they're still going to um, show the same kinds of behavior with that boredom, with that frustration, with that um, anxiety. And so, you know, one of the toys that's that's a great interactive toy are the Kongs. They are really strong and you can put peanut butter in them, which uh, will keep them busy for a while. And there are just lots of things that that you can get for your dog, put on the TV with some relaxing music like jazz or classical music. There are some videos that you can put on TV to sort of keep dogs and cats distracted. And those are just some ways, but, you know, never create your dog. That's the bottom line. There's nothing positive to it. It's only a convenience for humans. And why do we want to do that to our dogs? Our dogs love us. They want to please us. They're amazing let's not put them in a cage. That's just cruel. It's inhumane. My question for you is, uh, how is a crate different from a playpen or a crib or even say a den in the house? Well, if you leave the door open on a crate and your dog can choose to come and go as they please, well, that's okay. That's all right. But being locked inside of a crate for hours is solitary confinement. It prevents your dog from the basic normal activities of enjoying life. So we have to dog proof our homes, like I've said, and make sure that they are safe and happy and have access to the house or to parts of the house um, and that they're not locked in a crate. There are alternatives to keeping your dog in a crate. It's just, it's, Seems to be the easiest solution for people, but it's not doing your dog any good. It really isn't. And you're going to create uh, behavioral issues down the road that could be a really big problem. All righty. And so once again, what are the negative, what's the negative impact of using a crate? Well, besides being just a miserable existence for your companion canine, dogs can show signs of aggression separation anxiety, depression, hyperactivity. And these are just a few things. And these are behaviors that you don't want to see in your dog. And you would have to um, take extreme measures to correct them. So it's better to get your dog out of the crate. If you're thinking about getting a crate, don't get one. Take your dog out of the crate, get rid of it. If you really want to have the crate in your house, leave the door open 
so that your dog can come and go as they please. Yeah, that that all sounds like just very good advice uh, from the organization People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, PETA. And my guest is Rachel Bellis. Rachel, as we end the interview today, how can listeners of Here's to Your Health find out more about the important work of PETA? I would um, encourage people to visit our website, PETA.org. That's PETA.org. We have a ton of information on all the work that PETA is doing, all of the questions that you have about your companion animal, some more information on why crating is bad and the harmful effects that it can have on your dog, and tips to having a happy and healthy canine companion. Thank you very much. I, I, I'm very happy when uh, Peter is on the show. Our guest has been Rachel Bellis. Rachel, return guest to the show, I'm happy to say. Rachel is the Associate Director of Local Affairs for People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, Peter. And if I'd like to say this, in my opinion, Peter has done really excellent work to improve our understanding of how to take care of our companion animals. Because I think all of us today see our dogs and cats and our pets, our birds, which with much more understanding of the richness of, you, I'll, I'll use the word, of their emotional, intellectual lives than we understood, say, you know, in 1970. Things have changed uh, for the better. This is Josh Lane. You're listening to Here's to Your Health. Let me take a short break. We'll be right back after these important messages. Friends, take care of your skin using aloe light juice and skin gel. My dry, troubled skin felt better right away. It's my number one choice for beautiful and healthy skin. Using aloe light, aloe juice, skin gel, and lotion starts soothing and renewing dry skin and oily skin on contact, easing irritations on cracking skin too. Aloe Life Skin Gel is the best therapy without a prescription, feeling soft and smooth, balancing, feeling youthful. Use Aloe Life products, including Skin Gel, sold nationally at your favorite natural food store and pharmacy. Online, find a store near you at AlloLife.com or call Aloe Life 1-800-414-ALOE. That's 1-800-414-2563. Look and feel your best with Aloe Life. Medical scientists worldwide are encouraging people to eat more fish. And most American diets are low in important omega-3 oils. Omega-3 oils are the vital components of fish that provide numerous health benefits. Carlson Elite Omega-3 Gems supply concentrated amounts of these omega-3 oils that are needed to support vision, brain function, and a healthy heart. Each great-tasting Carlson Elite Omega-3 Gem Soft Gel contains 1,250 milligrams of fish oil from deep cold-water fish. That supplies a full 800 milligrams of omega-3s, all in only one easy-to-swallow soft gel. You can take Carlson fish oils with confidence, for they are tested for purity, potency, and freshness by an independent FDA-registered laboratory. Ask for Carlson Elite Omega-3 Gems at your favorite natural food retailer today. The latest from the greatest, the best in new music by classic rockers with your host, the insane Daryl Wayne. This is Alice Cooper, and if Daryl Wayne is insane, what does that make me? 
criminally insane. Stick around to find out. Many of the artist interviews for the latest from the greatest have been captured on audiobook. There is a volume one and volume two. Great information and conversations with people in the industry and people surrounded by the industry and of course the rock stars themselves. I'm the Reverend Al Green and you're listening to The Insane Daryl Wayne. And I said Wayne Insane. You can find it on Amazon or Blackstone Audio. Search for the latest from the greatest from Daryl Wayne, D-A-R-R-E-L-L-W-A-Y-N-E. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the insane Daryl Wayne, aren't you? (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Here's to Your Health with Joshua Lynn. If you have any questions about the guests or topics discussed tonight, please give us a call at 818-707-0005. That number is 818-707-0005. This is Josh Lane. On behalf of the cast and crew, I would like to wish you a healthy and safe good evening. Hello Life Skin Gel and Herbs Concentrate, organically grown aloe vera used by makeup artists working with Hollywood's most beautiful actors. Aloe Life Skin Gel looks great on your face and quickly soothes your skin, hands and feet, even blisters. Plus, Aloe Life Skin Gel and Herbs is Hollywood's secret. Available at natural food stores and pharmacies nationwide, online and at Sprouts, Clark's, Mother's and Whole Foods. Aloe Life Skin Gel and Skin Gel and Herbs, a great way to keep your skin healthy and beautiful inside and out. Aloe Life, America's premium aloe vera brand and loved by your skin. Hollywood Secret, now available nationwide, more beautiful skin, Aloe Life. Give them a call at 1-800-414-ALOE. That's 1-800-414-2563. The very best in aloe, Aloe Life. Have you had your Carlson Norwegian fish oil today? Decades ago, scientists discovered why Greenland Eskimos maintain healthy hearts despite their high-fat diets. The high level of omega-3 oils in their seafood diet protected their hearts. Carlson Norwegian fish oil provides those important omega-3 oils. The same omega-3s from cold water fish support maximum brain power, immune strength, joint comfort, and our vision too. Carlson, the very finest fish oil, is a valuable source of the important omega-3s EPA and DHA. Each teaspoon provides a full 1600 milligrams of omega-3s. And its purity is guaranteed. Try it on salads and popcorn. It tastes like lemon, not fishy. As for Carlson, the very finest fish oil at finer health food stores today. The latest from the greatest, the best in new music by classic rockers, with your host, the insane Daryl Wayne. This is Alice Cooper, and if Daryl Wayne is insane, what does that make me? Criminally insane. Stick around to find out. Many of the artist interviews for the latest from the greatest have been captured on audiobook. There is a volume one and volume two. Great information and conversations with people in the industry and people surrounded by the industry, and of course, the rock stars themselves. I'm the Reverend Al Green, and you're listening to The Insane Daryl Wayne. 
and I said, Wayne Insane. You can find it on Amazon or Blackstone Audio. Search for the latest from the greatest from Daryl Wayne, D-A-R-R-E-L-L-W-A-Y-N-E. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the insane Daryl Wayne, aren't you? (laughs) Medical scientists worldwide are encouraging people to eat more fish. Most American diets are low in cold water fish that are abundant in important omega-3 oils. DHA and EPA are the vital components of fish oil that provide healthy benefits. Not only are they crucial for brain and vision development, they're very important for cardiovascular health. Carlson, America's leading Norwegian fish oil brand, specializes in both great-tasting soft gels that are easy to swallow and fish oil liquids that don't taste fishy. That's right, Carlson provides the most extensive line of fish oils to meet all your needs. You can take Carlson fish oils with confidence. For Carlson fish oils are tested for purity, potency, and freshness. Ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. That's right, ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. Aloe Life for beautiful skin locks in the moisture plus contains a natural growth factor. Aloe Life is America's premium aloe vera brand, richest in the active ingredients you need to get the full benefit of aloe vera for healthier looking skin, more beautiful skin from Aloe Life. Naturally clear skin. Look for Aloe Life. Aloe Life Juice Concentrate and Skin Gel work together. Sold nationally at your favorite natural food store and pharmacy. And note, there's a big difference in aloe products. Friends, people ask me, why does Aloe Life Concentrate or tablets support body wellness? And I tell them what Aloe Life products do for my family. Everything. Digestion to skin support and healthier energy too. Aloe Life for body wellness support. Go to AlloLife.com or call 1-800-414-ALLOE. Aloe Life, call 800-414-2563. Naturally clear skin, number one in aloe. Aloe Life. <laughs> 